Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Falcons vs. Rams Week 2 postgame show. Uh... You know, a lot of emotions I'm aware about <laughs> about how this game ended. Uh, certainly not as dire as it appeared to be just, you know, 15, 20 minutes ago. Uh, not as happy as it could have been either, obviously. I know a lot of us were hoping, you know, there was a chance to get the demons excised this week as the Falcons were down 28-3 to to the Rams at one point. Um, it even got worse than that. Uh then the Falcons slowly started to come back and then very quickly started to come back uh, in this one. So definitely excited to dig in to what was a uh, a not bad game overall, right? Like the for much of this game, the Falcons looked like they didn't belong on the same field as the Rams. And that's, that's probably true, right? Like, I mean, this is a team in the Falcons that has what... 50 plus million in dead cap, if not more than that. Um, you know, they're they're sort of cobbling things together, going up against a Super Bowl hopeful team in the Rams, coming off a Super Bowl win. Um, and it, it, it's, you know, it's a mismatch. Like, there were 10-point underdogs. I mean, they're, they're, none of us were, well, some of us probably were, but uh, I think most of us were not necessarily expecting a win. <clears throat> I think we were expecting the team to fight and to look better than last year. And by the end of the game... Um, I think that they had they did show that they're going to be a little bit better than last year in terms of their ability to keep pace with these good teams. Um, last year when they got down like that, they they never really came back. Like they they got down like that a couple of times, like to the Cowboys, to the Patriots. I think it was last year, um, and they just never could get anything together, even late in the game. Um, and the Falcons in this one did manage to do that, right? They did manage to get back on the horse, uh, make a few things happen, both offensively and defensively. Um, they were pretty ineffective on a play-to-play basis at shutting down the Rams' offense or really even limiting them for most of the game. Yes, Ray, I see yours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get yours here in just a second. Um, so yeah, even limiting the Rams' offense, they weren't doing a very good job at. But they were actually creating some turnovers. They were keeping the Rams from pulling away like more, I guess. Um, And that ended up helping quite a bit. Uh, Obviously the Falcons 
marching down the field and missing a field goal to open the game was definitely a dark omen over this one. Um, but they did manage to eventually sort of come back uh, from being down, you know, 28 to three uh, to bring this game within a pretty impressive uh, margin here, you know, 27 to 31. That's just a four point game. Um, and, you know, you, you if you get that field goal early in the game, obviously everything changes because the Rams don't take that safety and who knows what happens after that. But um, the Falcons certainly made the Rams sweat here, which is a lot more than they did against pretty much any playoff caliber team last year. Um, so, so far, uh, I mean, I think the way they finished made you feel a lot better than you did maybe half an hour ago when they were getting the shit kicked out of them um, and not putting up much resistance. Obviously, the play-to-play consistency was not really there for this group um you know they were pretty much outclassed entirely by the rams uh offensively you know defensively the falcons had very little they could do to slow down the rams that's not um necessarily surprising right because the rams do have an elite pass catching core uh you'd think the falcons would have been able to put a little more pressure on with the Rams starting two backups on the offensive line, going to their third string right guard because their their second string right guard got hurt, like on the first or second play of the game, um, it's it's disappointing to see them struggle in that regard on defense after a pretty good game against the Saints. I I don't know what they were doing defensively for much of this game. It looked like they were just swapping out a bunch of players. They had Eric Harris playing the slot for most of, for like a if not most like. Most of this game, I would say, I mean, I, I haven't rewatched it or, and I will, you know, tomorrow, but, <laughs> um, it was a weird game schematically from the defensive side. Um, and we'll get into that. I do want to get to Ray Moon's donation here. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, whatever, uh, the link to donate, which I will, which will obligate me to read your comment as long as it's not, you know, too incendiary, um, is streamlabs.com slash the Falcoholic slash tip. We do appreciate all those donations. we got Ray Moon with the $5. Thanks, Ray. He says, Arthur Smith's play calling is baffling. Mariota is uh, clearly going to, uh, going only, I think you're trying to say he's only going to like two reads before he un- gets uncomfortable. Um, if he can't be involved in the scheme, why not try to force some s- screenplays to get him involved? Um, I don't know if you're talking about pits, like not being involved. I know you mentioned that in the chat. Um, but yeah, it, the play calling in this, I think was a weak point for sure. Um, I, I think the the second and nine run on that last drive was a big mistake. You guys know how I feel about second and long runs. Um, it just wasn't executed well either. And it, for a second and nine run to be worth it, you need to get like five to six yards. And the Falcons, I think, got five to six yards on a run like two times in the entire game. So from a success rate sort of perspective, I just don't, I just hate long runs. And and what do you know? Uh, Mariota ends up getting sacked on the option that's blown up by the Rams who were basically dominating the Falcons in the trenches on both sides of the ball pretty much all day except until late in the game. Um so that's not great. Uh, obviously, you don't like that Pitts isn't being targeted. Um, right now, Drake London's benefiting a lot from Pitts not being uh, from Pitts being the center of attention for the opposing defense. But Pitts is the type of player that you still have to target. Um, the Falcons really didn't do a great job of that in this game. They did get him a few catches, but it, not enough of a, for a player of his caliber. Um, the run game really struggled. 
Uh, you know, the Falcons only got 90 yards in this one after putting up 200 last week. Um, you know, Cordero Patterson still averaged over four yards of carries. So that's nice. Um, Tyler Algier did have 10 carries in this one, so good for the rookie. Uh, he was only at three yards per carry. I, honestly, it was mostly on the offensive line. They didn't really clear a lot of holes for these guys in this game. Um, it was it was a lot not as successful as, as last week, certainly. So that's something to monitor. Um we did see, of course, Drake London, the star of the show uh, this week, 8 for 86 in a touchdown, handling a ton of volume with Kyle Pitts not really being as big of a factor. Uh, 10.8 yards per reception, which is not great necessarily, but um, London, most of his catches were first downs. They were crucial plays. Um, he's definitely becoming the guy in this offense more than Pitts really ever has been, which is bizarre, but... Um, you know, it, it's one of those things uh, that if Pitts is getting all the attention, London's going to start to London's going to massacre single coverage, which is exactly why they drafted him. If London doesn't have the attention on him, he's going to go off, which he is. So when teams start to give more of their attention to Drake London, I think we're going to see the same exact thing happen with Kyle Pitts. Now Kyle Pitts is finally seeing some favorable looks. The ball is going to come his way, but from someone who's really been a big supporter of Marcus Mariota, this was a very poor game from him as a passer. A lot of off-target throws, especially early in this game, um, even late. You know that that final pick to Brian Edwards was was high. He was hit while he threw, so I mean I don't want to put that entirely on him. Um, that bobbled pass to Cordero Patterson. I mean it wasn't an awful throw, but it wasn't. I wouldn't consider that on target either. I mean Cordero Patterson had to jump up and and reach high to catch that thing. Um, and that ended up in the bobbled pass that led to an interception. Um, the, he was off on a lot of throws in this one, and he he's showing that maybe he is more limited as a passer than expected. Uh, I thought last week he did play well, so I, I'm not necessarily willing to write off Mariota yet, but he does have a rookie breathing down his neck and, and Desmond Ritter, who this coaching staff likes. So if, if Mariota doesn't start hitting these throws more consistently, um, then he's going to end up the scapegoat for problems pretty quick, fair or not. And, you know, we're already seeing people calling for Desmond Ritter. So it, it he's going to have to, to work on that stuff. Obviously, it's only his second game playing with this offense in the regular season. You know, it, it, we shouldn't expect too much of him. But I think after a pretty darn good week one, um, I think it, it, it's, you know, it's disappointing to see him struggle so much uh, against a Rams secondary that was looking a little bit hurt, but is also very good. I mean, like Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, even David Long, the guy who came in for Troy Hill after he got hurt, those guys are, are very good corners. And then um, the, the safeties in, in Taylor Rapp and, and Nick Scott are excellent. So it it's tough to, it's a good secondary for the Rams. Um it is what it is, uh, and the Falcons just didn't really do much on the ground um, in this one either, so it was a tough day on offense. Uh, defensively, the Falcons just pretty much got gashed in this one. Um, we saw uh, the Falcons actually, is gonna, it's going to go down interesting statistically because Brandon Powell had a negative 26-yard rush on that safety. It's actually going to go down as the Falcons holding the Rams to just 65 yards rushing as a result, uh, when I think they really had like 90. Um, so like 
it's going to look like the Falcons actually had a really great day offensively, uh, or like a not a, not as bad of a day defensively. I mean, they only allowed 337 total yards, counting that minus 26-yard play, uh, and 272 passing yards, which is not a huge number. I mean, it, it's certainly not what you want, but it's not as bad as you might think. Um, conversely, the Falcons, only 261 total yards, clearly not good enough there. Three of 10 on third down, just not good enough. Three sacks allowed after not allowing any last week. It's just not, uh, like on both sides of the ball, the Falcons just didn't, um, didn't execute nearly as well as, as they needed to, to beat this team. Um, but I think it's also okay to praise them for the, the, just in the way we, we just totally railed them last week for failing to finish and giving up 16 points and, and rolling over late. We did see this team actually, this week, do the opposite, roar back from a huge deficit, make it a game, um, and, you know, come very close, not not quite close enough, uh, but they did have an opportunity to win this game at the end. Uh, once again, uh, in a game where they were 10-point underdogs and trailed by 25 points, uh, so that is worthy of praise. That's certainly, I would prefer to lose games like this than... Uh, like last week where you have a 16-point lead and blow it because I'm so done with that. Like if they're going to get beat by teams that are better than them but make a game of it, that's sort of what we're all hoping for this year. Um, and it, it does make me feel better about this one that it was um, that it was a, a more game effort, right? Like last year when the Falcons played playoff caliber teams, they just got their asses kicked and, and it was really not close. I mean, their point differential was just god awful because of of how badly they lost to a lot of these teams. Um so I think it's important to to recognize that yes they are 0 and 2. Um but this second loss not as bad as the first one um and I'm I'm more impressed with how they they finished in this one certainly than than in week 1. Um I I think that uh, this this leaves you with a a better taste in your mouth than um you know, it leaves you with a better taste in your mouth than blowing a 16-point lead, certainly. So, uh, hoping for this to translate into wins at some point, right? Um, but, you know, the, there was there's some schematic things I want to get to, um, some weird personnel things that I want to get to. Um, but first, I need to take a sip of something, because I'm uh, getting a little hoarse here. Yeah, appreciate all you guys all 320 of you for hanging out with us after this game, spending your late Sunday night with me here on the Falcoholic Live. I am at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitter. Please give us a like and subscribe if you are so inclined. We do appreciate those metrics. Uh, you can you can also uh, check out the Patreon if you want access to some exclusive content with us. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Uh, also, early access to all the podcast episodes, you'll get them the night before, um, and access to some other exclusive content like the Q&A sessions. So, uh, not not bad perks, in my opinion, but, you know, I'll leave that up to you guys. Um, the way the Falcons were, were deploying their defense early in this game, I thought was a little bit puzzling. They sort of went away from what they did last week. Um, they went very, very heavy zone. Um which a lot of people 
a lot of a lot of teams play against the Rams because the Rams receivers, when they're healthy, are so good at, at beating man coverage because they're just so damn talented. Like Cooper Cup is just a dominant man coverage receiver. He just he's so easy at getting he's so good at getting open. A lot of teams play zone to try to limit that. The Rams are also very good at picking apart zone, but Matthew Stafford is also susceptible to picks. Um, so that also, when you're playing zone, you can fool him, which the Falcons did in this game. Michael Walker just he had it thrown right to him. Um, so I, I don't necessarily have an issue with the way they deployed like the scheme. I mean, it didn't work very well, but um, when you can't get pressure, zone is always going to struggle. Like, I mean, any coverage really will, but if you can't get pressure... It's gonna it's gonna make your coverage look bad. Um, it really has to be you know a, a full a full effort from both sides. And we all know right now the Falcons' pass rush is just not there's just not enough there to do it uh, consistently, even against an undermanned offensive line like the Rams. Frankly, I'm pretty shocked that the Falcons got four sacks against the Saints last week. Uh, it's just I don't think this pass rush is good. Uh, I don't think that's going to be something that repeats. Now, hopefully, they'll still get more than last week. But um, you know, they get they did get one this week, so there there was one sack. Uh, so we're at five on the year. We're well on our way to beating last year's total, which doesn't necessarily say much, but you know, it is it is something. Um, but what I didn't really get was the Falcons like playing Eric Harris as the slot defender. Um, I just thought that was odd given that the Rams run 11 so much like they're they're not really you I mean Tyler Higby does sometimes line up in the slot that's true but the Rams also just play a lot of of 11 so I think they would I figured the Falcons would have wanted a third corner out there I mean I'm guessing they wanted the run stuffing help but it clearly wasn't helping against the run um they were getting you know destroyed against the run early in this game so odd decision there they also went with um they also went with Troy Anderson for a bit there at linebacker. I don't know if Rayshon Evans got roughed up and needed to come off the field or what. And like, I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'm excited about Trey Anderson, Troy Anderson as much as anyone. Um, I, I like Troy Anderson. I just don't really think he's ready to play like full time. I mean, he's just not, he's not ready to make NFL reads and be an NFL linebacker at this point, like against the run, obviously as a coverage player, he's, he's ready to go there, but um, it just was kind of odd. And then, um, so it just schematically with the the guys they were playing, I just was a little bit confused. I don't know why we didn't lean on someone like D. Alford more. We didn't even really see D. Alford today. Um, Mike Ford got more reps, even though I thought Alford played a better game overall last week as well. So just just some things I would quibble with there. I mean, I don't know that any of that really made the difference overall in the outcome of the game, but puzzling. Obviously, you guys know how I feel about Kyle Pitts not getting, you know, utilized in the red zone, not really getting utilized much at all. Um, it's just a bizarre way that they're choosing to use him. Like, it, it, like they're just basically committed to making him a decoy. Um, and you just, you can't, like, he's too good for you to use as a decoy. Like, you just have to give him targets. Like, I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that they just don't trust Mariota throwing tight window stuff to Kyle Pitts when he's covered. Like they don't want Mariota throwing into tight windows at all. They just want him to hit the easy open passes and that sort of thing, because the, I'm guessing they think that the touch, the placement isn't there. And like, I guess after this game and some of the other performances that we've seen, like maybe Mariota's accuracy as a, as a touch passers, you know, not necessarily great. 
So maybe that's why we're not seeing Pitts targets because Pitts is going to have the coverage on him. He's going to be covered. You might just have to throw it to him anyway because he's Kyle Pitts and maybe the Falcons are, are nervous about doing that at, at this point with who they who they have at quarterback. Um, we'll see if uh, if Ritter does play, you know, when Ritter plays. I think we all know it's going to happen at some point. Um, I don't think Mariota's been bad enough. I don't think Mariota's been bad enough that you're really calling for his head yet, but it was certainly a disappointing performance after what I thought was a pretty strong week one. Um, but it was, you know, a West Coast road trip, second week with the team. Um, let's not get out the pitchforks yet for, for Mariota, but Ritter is there. He probably will play sooner rather than later. This was a bad game for Mariota, but I did like how he fought back late and, and he, his ability to, to move the chains with his legs is important. Um, you know, the, the exchange with the center has been off, right? We've seen a lot of snap issues. Um, so hopefully they'll get that ironed out as well. I really don't know if that's more on Mariota or Drew Dahlman. We did see that blitz uh, that was like a free sack on Mariota. I think that was Dahlman not, you know, getting that cover, getting that protection call in right because Bobby Wagner is completely untouched um, and two guys blocked one guy on that play. So, um, you know, these are things that are going to happen with when you have a new center in there and when you have a completely new quarterback as well. So um, not necessarily shocking in terms of events there, but... It is, um, it's sad to see, right? Like you, you'd like to see, uh, those mistakes get ironed out. You know, once again, red zone issues, Falcons got into the red zone several times, penalties, mistakes really derailed those drives. You know, that first one, they had the, the holding, then they missed the, they, you know, early on the game, missed that field goal, then had a holding false start, like just really sloppy. You know, they had that. Uh, the snap hit Kyle Pitts as he was running past with motion. I mean, just uh, just not a great outcome at all um, for the Falcons on several of those plays. Like, it, it's just... Uh, the team's not, like, ready yet fully. Like, disappointing, obviously, to see... Uh, disappointing to see the, the failures there, to see the sloppy play. Like, it, it really should be better. Um and it's disappointing, but you know, we will, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things end up finishing for this team. We've got a lot of games left, uh, but it, it is disappointing thus far to see the struggles. Uh, certainly would prefer to see them, you know, fire on all cylinders, but it doesn't always happen, sadly. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here today. All right. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I know we did have a question. Um, Kevin, how much better do you think the defense will be when Isaiah Oliver comes back? I, I think it will be better. I just, I think it will be better. Um, I, I thought the defense with Isaiah Oliver looked really good last year. I think right now they just don't really have a slot corner that they like. I, th- I think they really like D Alford as a coverage option, but he is really small for a slot corner. That's just how it is. Like being 5'11", 175, like if he can't get up closer to 200, he's going to be very light for a slot corner. It's going to, teams are going to start running at him. Um, that's just kind of what I think they're thinking of, especially when they get down, like that they, they have to, 
they need a bigger presence there, which is probably why we're seeing Eric Harris, right? Like he's a safety. Um, I think that Mike Ford is very limited there. He's a, a little bit bigger in terms of his weight, but he's very limited as a coverage player. Uh, he's made a lot of mistakes in coverage as well. Um, so I think that they're probably, they're really just trying to get by uh, with with what they have. And they're just hoping that Isaiah Oliver is ready to come back week five. Uh, hopefully that will result in a big improvement. But again, we don't really know exactly how that's going. Um, Brandon Brass, if Mariota craps the bed against the Seahawks, then can I get out my pitchfork? Yeah, probably. If they're on three, you can get out your pitchforks uh, for anything at that point. Um, like, they really have to win the game against um, the Seahawks. They really do. Um, Brave Dirty Hawk, can we talk about Terrell? I mean, uh, Terrell's gotten victimized by just some really good plays. Um, like, I, I don't really think anything Terrell has done has been bad, to be honest with you. I think he's had to go against Cooper Cup and... Uh, Michael Thomas in the first two weeks. That's pretty brutal. Um, also against, you know, and I don't really think, like I, like I said in my film review, like watching those t- two touchdowns Terrell gave up, I don't know that he could have covered those any better than he did. Like, um, like I, I, I really, I don't think Terrell has played poorly. I think he had some great plays and run support today. He had that almost pick in the end zone. Like I think Terrell has been playing fine. I think this is how Terrell is going to look. This is how Terrell's going to look with no pass rush in front of him and every, and a lot of other players in the secondary struggling, especially at the slot position. Um, like, they just don't have the personnel to, to really make Terrell shine at this point. Um, hopefully Casey Hayward's okay. Um, Darren Hall has been rough in coverage. You know, we did see him force that fumble, which is great. But, um, you know, in coverage, I think Darren Hall has been pretty mediocre. Um but yeah, uh, Michael Walker, I know a lot of people are praising him. I think Michael Walker has been very up and down. I think he, as a coverage player, is where he's best. I think as a run defender, he's been pretty weak. He just doesn't tackle well. Um, you know, he had he had uh, Akers dead to rights on a blitz that would have shut down one of the Rams' scoring drives, I believe. Just whiffed completely on the tackle in the backfield. Um, that's just unacceptable. Um, so I think Walker, if Walker can't improve his tackling improve his his run defending he's gonna be a limited player and um not really gonna be a long-term starter for this team but again second real game of him being a full-time starter he's got time um but we also know that you know troy anderson's waiting in the wings uh so as soon as he's ready he's coming in so um yeah um excuse me yeah, Trey Anderson got a tackle for us. Like, I, I thought Trey Anderson played well. I mean, I you could see that he was, like, a rookie that hasn't played in the NFL before, right? He he misread some plays. He got completely blocked out of some plays. But also showed off that incredible athleticism, uh, was able to block the punt, which was absolutely crucial for the Falcons having a chance to to win this game. Um, so, like, you know, I, I think Trey Anderson so far, you got, you got to be happy with the pick. Like, even though he's only playing a limited role, he's being impactful, which is exactly what I hoped we would see early on. So, so far, pretty happy. Uh,
Yeah, I'll try to get to some questions here, guys. Usually we have, you know, a guest here that wants to wax poetic, like, you know, Adnan's angry rant. I hope Adnan wouldn't have been as angry today. I know he was uh, watching the game with friends. So hopefully, you know, his anger was was wrapped up a little bit for his buddies. But, um, yeah, uh, ultimately, ultimately, um, you know, I think this is a limited roster in terms of what they can do. The offensive line did not run block well today. They did not pass block particularly well either. Um, and it, it, it really affects Mariota. Like if he's doesn't have, if Mariota has a clean pocket, I think he can dissect stuff and, and do well. But I think that he's limited when he has pressure in his face. And I think he's just not the type of passer that's going to really take the top off a team and make them pay and, and, and really fit the ball into tight windows. I think he's functional. I think the offense will be fine with him at the helm overall. But, I, you know, it's really like Mariota isn't the, the reason this team is out too. I mean, certainly. Um, I think more than anything, uh, they're 0-2 because of poor decisions in week one. And, you know, in week two, I think they just played a opponent that was drastically better than them in the Rams and, to their credit, fought back and, and made a game out of it. But ultimately, I think the Rams are just a lot more talented than them, even hurt. Um, so it is what it is. That's what happened. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that Kaderil Hodge, right? Yeah, that was a great catch by Kaderil Hodge. He's found ways to get open in every in both games so far. Um, so props to Hodge for making it work. He's sort of acting like the third receiver for this team. Um, pretty sure he has more yards than Kyle Pitts pretty, uh, pretty handily. So that's obviously going to make people mad. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, you have to be happy with Hodge. He's obviously a great special teamer as well. So good for him. Um, all right. Let's see. <laughs> My adult son Kadaryl Hodge is playing well. Yeah, you know, it, I'll take I'll take credit for Hodge. Sure, I'll I'll, I'll accept that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I think um, we're just this is a limited team. You guys, this is what I tried to tell everyone before the season, right? That the Falcons are probably going to look better than last year, but I don't know how many games they're going to win because they're playing a difficult schedule, right? The Rams, perfect example of the difficult schedule. It's a very difficult opponent, um, Super Bowl champion team. Uh, and, you know, that they're going to have a hard time beating these good teams, even if they're playing better, which we saw, you know, late today, they did start to play better, but they were already in such a big hole by being, you know, sort of outclassed by this Rams team for much of the game, that even after a furious rally, they were still down by, like, a touchdown. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was really tough for them. Um, Kevin uh, Ray Moon asks, do you think this offense is boring? Um, it's not exciting right now. I don't know if it's quite boring yet, but um, it's fine. I I like the, you know, the threat of the quarterback run. Um I don't like that. I don't like that the running game struggled this week. It was sort of just smash up the middle on most of these runs. I thought the the few outside zone plays they called actually looked pretty good. Like I, I think Cordero Patterson got hit, had his big run on that that sort of outside zone off left tackle um, that looked good. I mean, I get that the Rams have a really good 
linebacking core, which makes it hard to do those outside runs because you know those guys like Ernest Jones and, and uh, Bobby Wagner are going to track that stuff down. But I think you still are going to have more luck there than running you know straight up against Greg Gaines and A. Sean Robinson and uh, you know Aaron Donald, which are three of the better defensive linemen in the NFL in terms of starters. Now, the Rams don't have a lot of depth, so I'm guessing the idea was to try to wear those guys out. But when you got down big, that game plan was sort of thrown out the window, unfortunately. Um, we did not break 100 rushing yards today, Andre Taylor. The Falcons did get 90, uh, which is still a good game by their standards compared to last year, but uh, definitely no, not over 100. Um, they didn't quite get there. Uh, Mariota had 16 on six carries, which was a bad day for him in terms of the running. Uh, and then Patterson and Algier both had 10 carries each. Patterson for 41 yards, and then Algier 30 yards. So not very efficient on the ground today at all. Uh, pretty poor, actually. Uh, Patterson, the only one averaged over 4.1 yards, or over four yards per carry. Um, you know, Mariota, two picks, two TDs, not great, but um, under 200 yards passing. Sort of disappointing uh, all around there. Um, Falcons did get, you know, some interceptions as well. Um, that helps, but yeah, it... It obviously sucks to uh, it sucks to go down twenty eight to three. It does. It's nice to to fight back a little bit and, and get back in the game. So that's sort of what I'm trying to take away from this. Not focusing too much on how low they were at one point. Um, if you could bring Noah C. S. If you could bring back any one player we released, who would it be and why? I would say Hayden Hurst personally. I don't really think Hayden Hurst moves the needle for this team. To be honest with you, I think they have Anthony Ferkser if they want to do that. Um, you know trying to think of someone that they cut that I would have like I think Jacob Twati Mariner I know he's hurt I I never really understood why he was let go I really like uh JTM I think he would have been one of their better pass rushing options on the interior this year um who else who else would would I bring back I'm not sure um I certainly do like Twati Mariner I mean some people might have said the punter, you know, like, uh, but I, I think Bradley Pinion's been good, so not too concerned there either. Um, other than that, I, I'm not having, you know, too much remorse about anyone the Falcons cut having, like, a great season. Um, I do miss JTM, you know, I, I miss Josh Harris, the long snapper, but, you know, to be fair, like, Liam, Liam McCullough, been fine, so good for him. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll see. Uh We'll see how that ends up looking, but uh, so far, not not too upset. Probably JTM is like the one that I that I'm still that I'm missing. Um, got Corey with the one dollar. Just he says, uh, I don't trust Smith's decision making. We don't go on fourth and one at home to win the game, but we do go on fourth and two on the road in the second quarter. Yeah, Corey. I mean, I don't know what was was going on with that. I mean, I I don't actually hate going for it in that situation either, but um, just. It's odd that they're, like, going for this ultra-aggressive 4th and 2 um, after they, like, didn't go for just the layup 4th and 1, you know, that was, like, an obvious choice. I think the 4th and 2 on the 50, there's no, it wouldn't be as big of a uh, recommendation to go for it. I think it's probably closer to, to moderate, you know, recommendation. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I don't know if that was them being like, look, we're going to go for it, you know, all you media folks, like, here you go. Here's us going for it. I hope you're happy. Like, I hope they didn't, you know, make an arbitrary decision like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
it's weird. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily hate the decision to go for it. Honestly, I thought it's fine, but um, you know, I didn't like the play call very well. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> Abdullah outplayed Graham today. I mean, Amir Abdullah did. Or excuse, I always say Amir Abdullah. Abdullah Anderson um, did play well. I think this was like an audition for him. Um, I think he'll probably be replacing. Um, I think though he'll probably be replacing um, Matt Dickerson on the active roster this week. Uh, I think he's just offers you more. Um, so I, I that's probably that's my prediction right now. Um, so that's uh that's sort of where I'm leaning. I think I think uh, not Amir Abdullah. I almost did it again. Abdullah Anderson has been fine. Um, I thought he looked good against the run. Showed a little juice as a pass rusher. Just a solid rotational guy. You know, obviously not someone that really moves the needle for you, but. Reliable, so fine with that. Um, <laughs> Grady did nothing as usual. I say trade. Yeah, did you watch Grady Jarrett last week where he was like the best player on the field? Yeah, let's calm down about Grady Jarrett not doing anything. Um, he was completely game-planned against by the uh, the Rams. He was getting doubled on almost every play. He still forced a few plays... Uh, into tackles uh i some other people did not um some, some other people did not make the plays after he sort of uh forced them to to move to a different direction so that it's also not grady's fault that the other guys didn't other guys didn't you know don't don't come at me with the like grady jared's bad okay do you see this jersey this is not the guy to come to with your grady jared slander all right this is no grady jared slander allowed um <laughs> Great shirt's just fine. He's working his ass off every play. So, um, just not going to, uh, he can't do it all by himself, but even Aaron Donald really can't, you know, watching him go with, with the Rams, you know, after they've been missing some, some players on that defensive line, you know, even Aaron Donald isn't necessarily bringing it home himself. So. Right. <laughs> no slander allowed yeah exactly um yeah Grady just needs help especially now that he's like 30 you know ish um like he needs to get more and more help he's always he's going to continue being good for a while but he can't do it alone um and i i do think um i do think that the falcons are going to make it a priority to to add to the trenches this to add to the trenches this coming offseason i think you know this this previous offseason was about fleshing out you know the receiving core and getting the secondary pieces that they want in place and sort of, you know, adding, adding, I mean, I think they were just sort of going best player available. They didn't get a lot of the trench pieces that they wanted. And I think that's where their weakest, right? Is they did get some edge guys in there, but they didn't really get anything for the interior. And they also didn't fix the offensive line really. Um, so I think we're, uh, I think we're looking for this team to really hit the trenches hard this coming year uh and that um that uh, will hopefully be the difference right like if they can if they can get a couple of guys onto that interior defensive line you know maybe it's Jalen Carter maybe it's some other folks maybe they get another edge rusher you know get another offensive lineman in there I think they can be um they can be better but yeah they're just really undermanned on the interior defensive line like Grady Jarrett is like the only impact starter there. I think Anthony Rush is like okay. Um, Taquan Graham's like okay, but 
just really pretty rough there, to be honest. Um, Grazier can't do it alone. So, yeah, guys, I, I don't know if there's too much to cover. I mean, I think we sort of did outside of, like, really nitty-gritty stuff that I'll probably get more to in the film review. Um, so, I... I uh, I will go ahead and and wrap it up with you here. I do appreciate everyone for hanging out with us tonight here on the Falcoholic Live. Uh, not as, you know, angry a finish. Um, also not as good as it could have been. You know, it would have really been nice to exercise those demons. But we didn't quite get there. We did get close. Um, so that was at least a positive. But we'll see. Uh, I do appreciate you guys. I am Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitter. Like I said, I will have... My film review coming uh, on Tuesday on the podcast feed and on YouTube uh, with some clips breaking down some stuff for you guys. I'm not exactly sure which series I will I will do or what plays I'll do. Probably some positive stuff from the comeback, but probably some other plays that annoyed me as well. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll ta- we'll tackle that. Uh, there'll be other content coming this week. Join us on Wednesday for the next Falcoholic Live show. Uh, but until then, guys, we really appreciate you here. Uh, like and subscribe like you always have. We do appreciate those metrics. If you want access to this to the uh, podcasts a night before they go live on the feed, you can uh, subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Live. We really appreciate all that support both there and on the video platform here. So thank you guys so much for your support. Check out thefalcoholic.com for all your written content needs. We got all kinds of great people doing great work over there uh, this season. Um, so even if the Falcons aren't playing particularly well, the coverage will be will be doing uh, will be doing well over there in terms of the coverage. So uh, until then, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. We'll talk to you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Uh, hopefully, looking at a better result in Week Three when the Falcons take on the Seattle Seahawks. An opponent should, in theory, be more evenly matched for them. So. Uh, thanks again, guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I'll talk to you next time on the Falcoholic Live. See you, folks. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com smarttoilets and discover what you've been missing.